Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Well, here we go into the brave new world. Seismic shifts are underway in media audience measurement, which, among many things, can determine how a startup finds and steals customers from a big industry incumbent and vice versa. Nielsen Media, once part of the august 98-year-old market research pioneer AC Nielsen, today has lost the contract and gatekeeper cachet, measuring digital media audiences across the open web and a bit of the digital advertising oligopoly of Google, Facebook and increasingly Amazon. After a decade, Nielsen is out of the low margin but influential digital media measurement system in Australia and the French-owned Ipsos is in. Quite the turn from earlier in the year when the board of the online advertising industry body, the IAB, seriously considered dumping the digital measurement system entirely, largely because of the collapse of user tracking cookies and the stampede by all to build out their first-party customer data assets. Although cookies were given another two years of life recently by Google, investment continues to surge for enterprise-owned first-party customer data. Now, cookies for those like me, beyond digital redemption, are lines of code dropped on a user's web browser, allowing the entire online advertising sector to track activity and remember things like device IDs. But the crumbling of the fault-ridden online cookie regime and the IAB measurement overhaul today is just the beginning of a worldwide shakeout in media and audience measurement. The globe's biggest advertisers, including Unilever, MasterCard and P&G, are in solidarity to lower consumer ad annoyance and the cost of advertising by reducing audience duplication, a marketing term for hitting an individual too many times with ads because brands can't link a user to their multiple devices and manage overexposure to the same ad messages. But the World Federation of Advertisers is pushing deep into a global cross-media measurement program which has widespread implications for brands, media owners and their audience pools. What's interesting with today's IAB three-year tender announcement is the Australian digital ad industry is staking its turf early for whatever becomes in a shakeout over the next three to five years. So on the mics today are four women central to navigating the chaos, upheaval and the opportunities that are coming in audience measurement, media and the marketing funnel walls. Joining IAB CEO Gay Leroy is IAB Chair and Sevens Network Digital Sales Boss Nicole Bentz, PhD's Sydney, PhD Sydney's Head of Digital Amelia Ward, and new Ipsos Digital Measurement Boss Heather White, who's got it all in front of her. So welcome to you all, ladies. Um, I am in for a treat here. I think we're going to have a very interesting conversation. Gay Leroy, to you first. What happened? Nielsen's gone. Digital audience measurement didn't die, and in fact, you're following the POMs with Ipsos and its Iris audience measurement system. Talk us through, Gay, the, the, the rationale and what the new system will look like by when, and welcome. Thanks, Paul. Always a little bit sensational, Paul, which is your job. So, um, yes, we have announced some exciting news today. How do we get people interested in <laughs> IAB measurement, Gay? We've got to do that, don't we? Oh, it's naturally exciting, Paul. <laughs> so, today we've announced a, um, a new partnership with Ipsos, which will start in 2022. So at the moment, Nielsen is still in market, still producing daily volumetrics data. Um, it's been well documented in the press. There's been some, I guess, discussion around some of the um, other data that they've got in market at the moment. But um, we're very excited to use this opportunity 
um, as you say, with changes in cookies, changes in consumption, to really look at what we need in market. Uh, we started a really in-depth process earlier in the year, going right back to scratch to that you know fundamental question: Do we need? a currency? Do we need an industry-driven currency? How did that discussion go, Gay? Was it was there a sort of a split in the board and the members about what should happen or was it sort of just a, a conversational point? I, I, look, I think it was definitely serious discussions and I think it was often more role-driven than company-driven. So, you know, a lot of people are used to relying on their analytics data, some first-party data. Um, but when we, we did a very large survey ourselves and worked with venture consulting, and when we went around the market, the, there was still an absolute fundamental need for a people measure, which is, is so, so incredibly hard to get from any um, site-centric measurement. For those that are not in the know, site-centric measurement, what do you mean by that? Things like analytics. So um, looking at your own audience and, and getting both that. So even if a site's got first-party data and they know their people, they will also have casual audiences um, coming in that may not be logged in. So understanding how many people are accessing a brand across a myriad of different devices now is, is incredibly difficult to do. So, so the role of um, a currency, an industry currency, is to really have that um, inclusive look at the market. So, you know, Paul McIntyre goes to site X. Mountainbiking.com. Exactly. On your computer, on your phone, you might stream some stuff on CTV. Um, so to really understand you as an individual, um, a, a currency is needed that gives comparable data, gives inclusive data, and uh, gives, you know, a reach across different devices. So, um, you know, there was, a, there was, after that initial questioning, um, you know, came back very strongly, particularly from the buy side. Yes, we still need independent measurement. We still need to understand people and we still need comparable metrics across different sites. Um, so I think we know we've all sort of seen examples of, you know, quite rightly, people promoting their own metrics, telling wonderful stories. Um, but being able to compare them against their competitors um, is incredibly important. Before we get to the detail on, on what next looks like, just wrap up the tender process and what you saw. You had 16 research partners or, or parties wanting to uh, have a crack at this. That's a big number, by the way. Surprised me, that number. I thought there wouldn't be that many people on the planet trying to do uh, work for, for, for this sort of complex job, but um, there was a good good showing. Yeah, yeah, suckers for punishment. Yeah, um, yeah there were 16. Um, not everyone could answer all of the things that we put in the brief. It was a pretty exhaustive brief. Um, so we did sort of look for people who could answer the core piece as well as people who are doing interesting things on the side. So we, we will look at sort of continuing to innovate, but um, we were really pleased with the amount of local and overseas interest in the in the tender. Um, some really serious payers who were willing to invest a lot in this market, um, which says a lot about how seriously we take quality in this market. Um, as well as really robust audience measurement data. And we have been leaders in this field for, you know, God, I've been in this for 20 years, going way back to sort of the late 90s um, when there was a company called Red Sheriff, which was then bought by Nielsen. So, Gosh, you must, be, you must have started when you were 14, Gay. That's it. So, so we, we have been looking a lot what's going on sort of in other markets. And it, although it's been fun going fast, uh, first in, in many examples, 
um, it's quite nice to think about other markets learning and, and making some mistakes before they hit this market for a change. Well, that's right, Gay, because, you know, Australia, you know, you've, you've pointed out, at least in, on the digital side, um, Australia sort of led trailblazed in, in many ways on, on, on me- digital measurement. But we are now uh, got the POMs to look at and go, we can we can fast follow and learn. So this is this is Ipsos's IRIS system, which is coming to Australia in the new contract. Talk us through uh, very quickly what what that is, and uh, we'll talk um, we'll talk a bit later about what the learnings are to the UK. But what is it, and uh, how many devices, people? When does it start? It's a hybrid measurement system. So there's things, some things that are not changing dramatically for, from the um, system that we've got in place at the moment. Again, it's a it's a model that has um, a really high quality media panel, so understanding people um, as well as um, uh, volume information coming from media owners. So uh, bringing the best of both worlds, you know, large audience piece as well as um, detailed information from different publishers so we can really track um, particularly smaller sites in, in great detail. Um, we're looking at launching uh, in the first half of next year. Um, I'll sort of be a little bit loose. I think everyone who's run measurement systems has been burnt before by giving particular dates, but um you know, we're, we're looking at that sort of second quarter in the first part of the calendar year to, to go live in market with Iris. Um, one of the, I guess there are a few things that were really important for us when we were choosing a partner um, and Iris ticked, um, ticked all of these boxes and the work that Ipsos has done, both with Iris, but also, as you talked about, linking with the WFA, so thoughts around cross-media measurement and data integration. So it had to be audience-focused. Um, it had to have comparable metrics it had to be inclusive. So one thing that's really different about digital measurement to other measurement systems is that we do look at the whole digital behaviour. It's not just media owner sites. So um, for Amelia on the call, she might be looking at what the traffic is to Nicole's, you know, seven West Media properties, but she can also look at banking behaviour, shopping behaviour. So it had to be inclusive of all that sort of behaviour on those devices, had to be independent. So in other words, you're talking about audience volume there to a banking site or a retailer site, not necessarily the transaction that took place, but how many went to a particular site. Is that right, Kate? Exactly. We're not, we're not, no, no breaching privacy, but just behaviour of, of going to those sites. Got it. And then right. data flexibility was a really important piece. And that was the one that really we had to drill into. So both data going into other systems, but data coming into ours as well. Is it, and I hate the term future-proof because you can't future-proof in digital, but at least had the opportunity to develop, um, grow, change as different devices come in, different off-platform, you know, we're constantly changing. So it needed that flexibility. In terms of devices, the one new piece um, that's really exciting is um, bringing CTV into this puzzle. Right, connected TV. Connected TV. So that will be part of the currency. Um, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel with anything that we're creating. If there's something already in market that's fabulous, we will leverage that. We're a small small market. So um, as part of that CTV um, puzzle, we will be working with Austam really closely. Um, to make sure, um, particularly for the broadcasters, that they've got a really clear understanding of their currency from from both the currency providers. So I think having, you know, we've talked about cross-media being a dream, particularly that that's sort of television and CTV piece coming together, but 
we're, we're, we're getting close. So That's a pretty interesting development. I'll get to Nicole on that uh, a little bit later. So um, so just tell us about the hybrid approach, Gay, because as I understand how it works, there will be something that sits across all a panel users or a panel member's device that can get this deduplication uh, thing we talked about earlier sorted out. So j- just run through how this, what, what it looks like, the actual, um, you know, technology here. Yes. So I guess this is the benefit of, of building from scratch um, is, is starting a new panel and knowing what the universe looks like at the moment. So the, the approach is to put meters on as many devices as we can with each panellist. Um, so then we have a really accurate understanding of that duplication that the same person is looking on different devices. So that's, if you think about that's the infrastructure of the whole system, building this robust panel respondent level data that can work with a whole lot of different um, other data sources and then building on top of that we add the color um, add the depth through tagging through publisher information as well but that getting that panel right it can't be underestimated um, and making sure that it's you know really um, built on today's audiences I know you don't want me to ask this, but I'm going to anyway. What happens under the new panel with numbers? So you know we've got a, we've got a, a change in the methodology from Nielsen to Ipsos. So there's a natural there'll be a shift there naturally, but in terms of this panel data and and the the, the volumetrics or the numbers that have come through in the monthly data to date. We will see some shifts there, I imagine. And with the deduplication, there will be downward shifts too, Gay, I imagine, in the numbers. Is the market ready for that? <laughs> Possibly. I guess that's something for, for me and Heather to manage at the time. But look, there will be a more accurate understanding of that duplication. The volumetric shouldn't be that different. So, I mean, yeah, that's Sorry, that's one... the tagging. Yes, I missed that up. Yeah, that's the tagging. So that, that, that will look very similar, but we'll have a much richer understanding of individuals. I don't want to even guess what those numbers look like till we see them, but I dare you. <laughs> I think having that understanding of duplication and look, if some numbers go down, you know, the, you know the the story or the spin or the accurate repli- you know, a representation is a site has a more engaged audience. You know, there are people looking across more devices, spending more time. So a smaller number is not always a bad thing. Well, and the relativities remain at least in a competitive set, right? Everyone's in the same boat. So we will see sort of similarities, I assume. Hey, so um, do we, and I may have been not listening to you while I thought about my next thing, but do we get to the device numbers and people? We got how, What are we talking about there on the, on the size of the hybrid panel? We're looking at a, a panel of about 8,000 devices. So a really rich understanding of the, of the local market. And then adding in things like Oztam will be extra sort of panellists for that CTV piece. But the, the core panel will be 8,000 devices. Yeah. Everyone's happy with the baseline of what we're going to do, what we're going to see in, in Australia. I don't think anyone's any time happy with measurement, but yes. we've done a really clear, clear sort of both what the market needs and what the market can afford. Um, analysis and and look, this is the this is the right solution for the the right size for the market at the moment. Um, it's it's always hard to get really accurate measurement of really small sites. That's why we sort of plead publishers um, to tag up so they do get accurate measurement. Um, but it's impossible, you know, with what the market can afford to you know. We'd love a panel of a hundred thousand people, uh, but there's you know a clear analysis of what what the market can sustain. 
before we get to Nicole, the final bit around the bigger picture here, Gay, with um, Cross Media. I know, I know you outrageously called, called me, uh, might have said that I was being a little bit sensationalist, but I will well, we'll defer to another podcast I had on Cross Media and uh, Unilever's Global VP for Media, Sarah Mansfield, said that this, cross, this origin project in the UK, the Cross Media project they're working on as part of the WFA initiative, would produce some seismic change. So uh, I got my steer from that, Gay, not making stuff up and I, and I just wanted to sort of get your sense on do you not this this where we're going with cross media in in three to five perhaps is it not quite as substantial as what we're talking about there's not some sort of really groundbreaking shifts going to go happen here I, I think there will be I think what we're building as an input won't be as different as um, you know the end piece so when Sarah's talking about you know big changes it's combining input of currency data ratings audience reach with her own data, with ad effectiveness. So so pulling those two pieces together will create a really different story. And I think that's really exciting. So our role is to provide the most accurate and credible input piece from a digital currency point of view um, and then make sure it can mix and match with a whole lot of different either client data, um, other channel currency um a whole lot of different areas to give people a full picture of what's going on. All right, so somewhere between my uh, massive shifts and seismic shifts, we've got some some balance there. Nicole Bentz, uh, you're in you're new in the hot big seat at the IAB. You're chair. Uh, there's always plenty of competitive tension at the IAB over measurement, which has got to please you know a couple of different big groups. Right, it's the big tech operatives and and in Facebook and Google and media owners too. Will media at large, do you think, be happy with what's coming next year in in this new measurement system? And welcome, Nicole. You're in, by the way, a big red seat. I know. Lovely to be here in the, in the coach's chair. Um, I, look, I think in short, Paul, the answer is yes. I think, you know, Gay alluded to it a little earlier, but I can't uh, thank, you know, Gay, Nat and the team at the IAB. They did an incredible job. It was very extensive. It was very inclusive. Uh, the pretender process was very sort of broad. It was varied. It wasn't just, um, you know, the board members, they really extended that to some of the smaller publishers and some of the other sort of measurement council participants as well. So I think being able to really understand, you know, the voice of customer from the market, but also the voice of the members across the IAB meant that, you know, the brief that they gave to Venture Consulting was really um, solid and therefore the work that we sort of got off off the back of that. So I, I think that whole sort of pre-planning process, we were very aligned around that um, from day one. And so therefore, I, you know, I think what came out the back was, you know, was, was solid. Everyone sort of committed a lot of time and energy and, you know, want to thank everyone who sort of did that. And, you know, I think from the vendor's perspective, um, again, they sort of put a lot of time time and energy into that and they all sort of brought positives to the table. But it was a pretty um, solid support for the Ipsos solution and for us to sort of support that moving forward. If in, a, in a context of seven, Nicole, um, you know, obviously it's across video, uh, short form, long form and text. What are you, what's the early signals do you think on how uh, the data that will come out next next year will change up what you do or how, how you present what you do? Is there anything, is the idea to be as continuous link from the previous uh, methodology or do you think this will change a lot of what, how you report and what you're reporting in terms of numbers and so forth? Yeah, I mean, you know, for us at, at Seven West, we're obviously uh, well embedded using the Ozterm currency, which you know has worked for us 
uh, for one of our brands. You know, that's worked very well. It's enabled us to tell a, a cross-screen story, but we do have other brands within the portfolio, as do a lot of the other IAB members. So I think that ability to be able to talk, you know, across a total network with the inclusion of CTV is going to be really interesting. And, you know, I think in the recent data we saw, you know, six to seven screens inside a household consuming right. content. So I think the ability to be able to capture, you know, all of that across all of your brands and start to be able to talk to a total network story, you know, and I think, you know, we're going to see more consolidation across the market. I think we're going to see more channels coming together, um, you know, with that digital out of home, digital radio, together with broadcast, you know, whatever that might that makeup will look like. I think the work that the team have done here, as Gay said, to be able to set up a really transparent um, and, you know, very sort of solid input that's going to give the market confidence that we can then start to plug and play, right. I think is going to be really interesting for a lot of the media owners. So we talk about um, duplication uh, as being a, an important driver in, in this uh, research panel, this new research um, initiative. What do you think is the duplication rate, Nicole, and I'll ask the others too. It's, um, for example, Sarah Mansfield from Unilever says with the cross-media global effort that they think there's at least 10 to possibly 15% or more efficiencies to be gained in taking out duplication. Is that a number that sits okay with you, even in the context of this this panel and what we're going to see next year? Yeah, the number sits well with me. I, I mean, I think it was really interesting for us with some of the stats that we saw recently coming, you know, off the Olympics, um, obviously driven by a very different behavioural change for, you know, Sydney and Melbourne and, and others sort of dipping in and out of lockdown. Um, but, you know, it wasn't it wasn't unusual for people to be dual screening the Olympics whilst they're working with the CTV on and then on web. I mean, we saw, you know, significant spikes across web traffic as well. So, you know, I, I think um, as, as a broad number, yes, but I think there's different, you know, there's different scenarios that will drive that number up or down. Amelia Ward, now you were involved in uh, metrics and measurement part of the IAB uh, on this and you were working on it. Uh, what, were, what were the biggest points of concern and interest from an agency perspective and, and will, do you think, buyers and planners be happy with what's coming? To take Gay's point that no one's ever happy around measurement, but um, more happy than they could be perhaps. So what's the, what's the view from the from the buy side, from the agencies? And uh, uh, Welcome, Amelia. Thanks, Paul. For us, I guess, uh, and also I straddled actually both sides. I'm on the IAB Measurement Council but I'm also um, in the MFA interactive group. So there is, I, I guess, from my perspective... You've got two heads. I do, I do. And I had to come in there thinking, um, you know, thinking about what it meant for the industry as a whole, you know, having, um, you know, I, f I felt like I had a really big kind of role to play in that and, I, you know, mm. was always thinking about that those kind of both parts. And for agencies, I think that there was this really clear need for, uh, uh, and to Gay's point, the whole future-focused, I won't say future-proofed, but a future-focused um, measurement and identity solution. And that was for, for me, you know, when I came in, I was thinking, what does this mean for the future? You know, what solution is going to come forward that's going to have this real roadmap for continuous, you know, development and improvement? Um, so, you know, coming into it and thinking, we need to have something that the industry endorses, um, that the industry bodies endorse, you know, it has to be something that we're all comfortable with, um, you know, and 
you know, as we've been saying, not everybody's ever going to be happy with what measurement solutions get provided, um, you know, perfectly. But just tell me, Amelia, where did you sit? Uh, where did you sit, Amelia, on the fence about uh, whether a new measurement system should happen or not? Were you for it from the get go, or did you contemplate what it would be like without Gay? I mean, look. To be fair, I think we all realised there was a need for, um, you know, a future solution. Whether that was with somebody new or not, it was really about giving, um, you know, the measurement providers in market the opportunity to come forward with that future solution. That's what the goal was, you know. It's making sure that we all agreed that there was something that was being brought forward that was going to deliver to these expectations and needs. And the cookie, you know, the whole cookie-less future, that really is a huge part, um, you know, of our of our upcoming measurement future it's really going to take a really big effect on just even our you know advertising campaigns anything not just about measurement solutions but just even you know monitoring our campaigns and the results so how will this inform uh, will it change will it change how you think and approach things uh, next year uh, amelia or is it do you think it's uh, more of the same but just possibly less volatile more robust in terms of the service that you'll see I was thinking about how many screens we all have, right? So homeschooling, homeschooling would have added in new screens and devices into households that probably previously maybe not have had quite as many. And so having a solution that has that real cross device reach um, is gonna change the way that we plan digital media because you'll be able to see, like to your point before, um, that pure, you know, deduplicated audience and understanding those efficiencies because yeah, there would be more mobile phones and iPads and laptops and there's definitely going to be more screens and devices in households right now. And I think that being able to have that future focus next year is, is actually going to change how we plan um, plan digital media, definitely. If there were to be any squeals of uh, dissatisfaction, what where would they where would it be around from it from the buy side? Not that this valid, of course. It's just that what 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 would be the what would be the the ideal that maybe not met? Where would that hit? Where would that sit, Amelia? I mean, I think it'd probably be the speed as to which we can actually get that fully fledged single view of of the consumer in market. Right. So I think what's going to happen is people are going to want what we're offering. And what we're talking about today, they're going to want it quickly. And of course, it is going to take time to develop, um, you know, a perfect or as close as possible (laughs) um, to perfect solution. And I think that what will happen is, you know, agencies are going to want that faster than potentially it's going to get delivered. So, um, yeah, I I think that's probably the one thing. I I mean, I think that having all the integration of different data sources in that single panel is, is really going to be key. And I think um, that will probably make agencies happier rather than calling for more. No pressure, Heather White, but get your boots on by the sounds of it. The the buy side's already wanting it. Um, just uh, welcome to this beautiful walk in the park. It's a, it's a, it's a, going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, tell us a little bit, I guess, about some of the key learnings that you've seen so far from the UK market. Ipsos took over the industry-backed digital audience measurement um, system late last year, I think started early this year, Cool Iris, same as what we're going to see here. What are some of the key lessons so far? Have you got some business on that? Yes, I do. Through the whole process of working through this tender, we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of late nights, early mornings, talking to the UK, trying to learn exactly what was going on there and what we could adapt, what, we, what we'd what need. So like Gay, I've been in the industry for a long time and I understand that you know measuring any audience is a challenge. It's really difficult to build it's complex, and we want to make sure we wanted to make sure that we learnt as much from what the UK was doing, and making sure that we could adapt that for Australia. So, I think some of the things, our key, the key lessons we 
got from the UK is that even with everybody embracing change, change takes time. Um, but we're actually really lucky because we've got the foundations already built for us. So that's a really good thing for us that'll help us give us some speed. Um, so we really can hit the ground running um, and we're going to have to do that because as Amelia said, everybody's waiting for this and wanting it already. Already. So yes, that was a big learning is, um, and then I think the other thing, and you've touched on this already, um, is that even if intellectually the market understands that a new methodology will mean a change in numbers, the reality can often come as a shock. Um, not even not, not even that necessarily that they're big changes, but you know the reality just is is hard sometimes for people to embrace. So being people being prepared that the numbers will change is a big thing because um, they have to change because you can't replicate exactly what was done in the past. And in fact, you're not wanting to because you're actually trying to do something that's different. What did the UK show us in, in, in that context, Heather, from the transition from the old system, which I can't recall who, who was running that? It was Comscore. Comscore, yes, yes. Um, so was it was, was that sort of hit in the market or reaction in the market uh, in the UK when it, when, it, when it moved? Some of the things are a little bit different because we really don't have Comscore in this market. And Comscore, I think, was giving quite really quite high numbers from what I can understand. Um, I haven't looked in a great deal of detail, I must admit, at Comscore's numbers in the UK, but I think that they were higher. And I think that's always always causes problems because, you know, we all get used to that drug. Hey, I used to be a publisher. I liked a high number, a big number. Uh, so And so what happens? Um, what have you seen so far uh, in the UK with Iris in terms of um, what it's producing and how that's landed and, and some of the insights, I guess? What's been really good, they have really embraced it um, and people are really, really looking into, like, there's a lot more depth, I guess, in the kind of information that people can get. So as if you're... If you're a um, publisher, you've got a lot, there's a lot more depth and a lot more profiling and a lot more information that is actually helping making decisions. So better understanding of audiences, both for, um, for agencies and also for publishers in terms of actually understanding who's going there. So it's a, quite a rich profiling um, of the audiences that they've been able to do and to quite a granular level. What happens now in terms of the, the local um, initiative? You've got a, a obviously a rollout to hit. Gay said the first half of next year. I won't put you on the spot and say is that what month, but how far, uh, how far and how fast to Amelia's point do you think you can get there? We think that we can get there with a basic product right. at that time. It might not have everything because um, there's a nice roadmap. You know, it's definitely a case of it will have – the things that people need. So it'll have audience measurement. It'll have cross-device. There'll be a really good, robust panel. Um, we'll start building the panel as fast as we can. And But really, one of the things is dependency is tagging. So publishers, it's very important for publishers to tag and tag as quickly as they can because the sooner we have the tagging, um, the sooner we can start building audience data for people to test because, of course, we want people to test and um, be able to use this uh, well before it comes to market. So just very quickly explain the technology that sits beneath the panel, Heather, because it's it's basically there's a there's a bit of kit that drops onto everyone's devices so it allows you to credibly and, and robustly track uh, what they're consuming uh, across multiple devices. That's the way you're, you're cracking this. Is that right? That's exactly right. So we have what's called metering, so that we have a meter. And... 
basically it's an app that goes onto phones and an app that goes onto other devices and it's uh it's called um media cell plus and it includes two things so it includes reality mine which is a global provider of um of tracking of devices um, and has actually built many panels and passive pa passive measurement across the world. They've got a hundred thousand people using it right now. So across the world, in terms of the number of people who are using it, so it's well tried and well tested. And plus, Ipsos has its own um, metering solution, which actually can um, measure audio. So it can pick up sound and can be used for. Um, collecting broadcast TV and um, broad and broadcast radio. So it can actually do cross-device. Now, and we're not talking about necessarily using it to measure those things in its, their entirety, but it's an opportunity potentially to look at deduplication across multiple media sometime in the future. So that's, that's basically um, what you have across the devices. And so those two things allow that cross-media. So it's cross-media ready. The other important thing about this panel is that it's mobile first because everybody who is on this panel will have a mobile phone. They don't get to be on the panel without a mobile phone, so which is really important. That's the central connector. Now, listen, Gay, um, Heather talked, uh, mentioned there about audio and possibly other things that can add on. This is, the, this is I think, what you say is the upside to the system. It's quite modular. You can bolt and tack and, and, and adapt. Um, audio and engagement metrics are sort of things that you've also sort of flirting with, at least, as, as down the track. What is, what's, what is the thinking there? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we're lucky that Iris, I guess, has got uh, more metrics in place to start with. So I think there's about 40-plus standard metrics, um, so deeper profiling. Um, definitely things like audio, a little bit like we've done with CTV, we'd look at, you know, do we partner, what do we publish, what are the missing gaps, what we can, what we can add in market. So uh, we would do a similar approach for audio. Attention is obviously the hot topic at the moment, areas like that. Sure is. Adding on ways for publishers to differentiate their own audiences and, and again, a way for buyers to actually understand different benefits of different environments. So we think it's important to be able to keep adding on um, different things into market so people can have that depth of information. There often is criticism that, you know, the, the core of the currency is around reach and broad reach is still really important, but understanding depth engagement, which fortunately, unfortunately, means different things to different people, but we have got that flexibility to, to add on that data. And so that's almost like a, that's like it'll be a plug-in or an API for a bunch of different software-based systems that can overlay, you can have more layers uh, on top. Is that how it works? It, it'll depend on on what we're adding in. Some might be linked into the you know into the app. Some might be finding ways of fusing different data sets together. Um, it'll really depend on on the methodology of the of the of the partner. But um, because we're looking at this really strong respondent-based panel. Uh, with an understanding of duplication, it makes it a lot easier to um, add these extra pieces on. Right. Nicole Bentz, how is this going to work with uh, perhaps CTV data, connected TV data uh, coming into the IAB uh, panel whilst you've got VOZ on the broadcast side or digital broadcast side? H how do you see all that working? Is that a, is that a good thing? And, and how does it split in terms of the reporting, how people use it differently? 
I think first to say, Paul, we've still, I, I don't think we've got all the answers on, on that right now. Um, obviously, the announcement is relatively new, so I still think there's work to do there. But I also think uh, we have a lot of different audiences that we're talking to, and I think those different audiences tend to gravitate um, towards the things that they know and the things that they're using in, in their planning systems and in their measurement systems. Um, so I think back to sort of the point that I made earlier, you know, for us when, when we're talking about a total TV audience, um, you know, Oztam is obviously very critical for us there to be able to look from, you know, you look at the voice and whether that's metro, regional, into BVOD, consolidated, seven days, or, you know, that, that's still a really important metric. But I think, um, you know, there's other buyers out there that want to be able to understand the total reach and the engagement, which is my favourite thing to come down the track, you know, of that of the seven network and how our ecosystem, you know, works together. And if you think about something like the Olympics, you know, we had people, um, you know, logging on to seven news in the morning, catching up on, you know, what they might have missed the night before and then consuming across, you know, a number of different devices in the day. So, you know, being able to tell that total story across our, you know, something like the Olympics is, is where this is going to be critically important for us. It sounds, Nicole, like you think engagement and attention and so forth, those metrics is, is, a, is a potential superpower for Seven then? You like that idea? Yeah, look, I do. I think, you know, whether you believe content's king, context is queen, you know, or vice versa, I think, you know, the one thing that we do all agree is that, you know, not all, all eyeballs are equal and not all interactions with digital are equal. And I think that ability, whether that's, um, you know, not just at seven, but if I put my IAB hat on, you know, I spent a lot of time at, at Kidspot, which back in the day was a niche digital publisher. And, you know, it, it generated significant engagement across mums. And, you know, the ability for those smaller publishers to be able to tell that story and really talk about the level of engagement and, and the level of attention that they can generate, you know, with certain audiences, I think is, is really important. And I think it's critical for the health of, of digital media and for the diversity across all of the different brands and platforms that Australians love to engage with every day. Well, we're running out of time, as I uh, hoped we wouldn't, but um, I just got to—I've got to go to Amelia because I'm just interested, Amelia, from the buy side uh, with Voz, um, you know, Oztam, Voz, and now Iris from from Ipsos and the IAB. What do you want to see, and is that a good thing? How would you want to use it? What would the buy side? Um, how will that? How will they play with that? I think, um, as I've sort of spoken about before, having that cross device reach and understanding and deduplication will really be key for us. So understanding how those different data sources will be able to be fed into um, the IRIS kind of single view, um, you know, is really what we're looking for. So if I think about VOZ, you know, it has its limitations from a programmatic perspective. Um, so being able to have a, a currency, I guess, on CTV moving forward, that really does take into consideration that, you know, you're actually going to have a panel-based person actually recording, you know, that they're watching something at a certain time, that really does make a lot of sense, you know, it really does um, give that kind of, you know, better view from an audience perspective. So I think that that's, it, it will be beneficial for us. Yeah, well received. Now, listen, we've got to wind this up, but I'm just really interested in, from all of you, um, just to give your final thoughts, key watchouts and areas the industry needs to be engaged around for the next 12 months in and around this this measurement system and measurement full stop. Gail, I'll start with you, your key calls on that. And I'm sure Heather will reiterate this first one, but publishers to get involved, get in touch, tag up as early as possible. 
Um, the other area that I think is really interesting and what I love about measurement in Australia is it's not just a commercial interest. So the obsession over that top 10 news site list in, in Australia is quite unique. So I love that measurement brings together commercial and editorial and strategy. Um, so I know the conversations over the next six months will be right across media players. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, Amelia, your take on the key watchouts for, and I guess you, you can, you know, you can have the voice of the of the brand of the marketer here too, and the advertiser. But um, your your key things about the watchouts for for the next twelve months in this in this transition. Maybe that we don't kind of over capitalise on what is going to come, um, and we do think about what it means from a planning perspective. But without you know, everything's going to be bells and whistles. Everything's going to be amazing. Everything's going to be perfect. I'm going to say, put your pragmatic hat on and just have a play, you know, as the data comes through, you know, really understand what it means for you as a, you know, an agency person, as a marketer, you know, whoever it is that's actually playing with those numbers, you really have a, have a sit down and a look and understand what that means for your brand and, and for your campaigns. Because I think, you know, I think people can get a bit overexcited sometimes. So it's just... Yeah, well, that's, and that's saying something, that's the buy side telling the buy side to just lower expectations. I don't know if I've heard that before, Amelia. Well done. Well, it's not, it's not lower expectations. It's just saying take your time. I think it's more about taking your time. Basically, you're talking about a parallel here to the slow food movement then, taking our time, slow measurement. There we go. like that idea. There's an original. I'm not sure it's going to land with those frustrated, you know, impatient people out there in the market. But Nicole Bench, your take uh, next 12 months? Yeah, look, I, I think um, I would like to think that we have really delivered on the majority of what the voice of customer and the voice of media owner has asked for. But I think with anything new comes change. And I think how we all genuinely prepared to, to lean in and understand, you know, what are the insights? What does, you know, uh, reporting beyond just media consumption mean? How does that change what we do day to day? Um, what does that education process look like? How do we really build that into our businesses to be able to make sure that, you know, on both the buy and the sell side that we really understand and maximise the value out of a new, a new system like this? And Heather White, the, the the hot seat, the real hot seat person. So, what what are you? What are your final messages to the market um, before we wrap this up? I think I have to reiterate what what Nicole Gay and what Amelia said. You know, explore this. Be ready to explore. Be ready that there will be change. Be excited about the fact that this is coming because it's exciting. Be prepared for that change, but also be prepared that you need to be engaged to make the best out of this because it can't be just me or Gay or Nicole or Amelia, you all have to get engaged and you all have to take part. That includes publishers and tagging. That includes agencies turning up for training and learning how to use the UI and learning how to understand how everything works um, and publishers as well. So it's really, you know, be engaged, be excited about this and take the opportunities to learn new things because there'll be new things to learn as part of this. Well, it's a solid practical sort of a wrap up of it. So thank you, uh, Heather. And thank you, Nicole, Amelia and Gay. I'm watching with great interest and I, I look forward to seeing some of the cross-media stuff and deduplication. I think that's fascinating and we'll, we'll follow it up. And we're going to have another conversation around cross-media at some stage, Gay, and I will try not to be as sensationalist as what I was uh, earlier in the intro. Apologies for that. But thank you all for, for joining. Great conversation. Uh, stay safe. Thank you. This MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.